Okay, we are in Sefer Malachim Beis, Peret Chafzalad, Pasuk Aleph, Biyamav Allah, Nebuchadnezzar. We are nearing the home stretch uh, to the end of Malachim. Uh, but before I do that, I would like to dedicate the Yashir today to the Aliyah Neshama of Rachel Bashmuel. May she continue to be a Melitz Yosher for her family and for all Klai Yisrael, and also for Rafua Shlema, for Rafua Yosef Ben Rachel. So now what I would just like to do, because it's going to get confusing, there are four more kings to the Malchus Beis David, and their names are similar, and so it pays just to separate them and who they were. So I'm going to take a minute to do that. We saw that after Yoshio died, almost you could argue unnecessarily in that battle with uh, Mitzrayim, with Paro Necho, there are four more kings. What they have in common is that they're all puppets. They were all appointed by, in one case, the king of Egypt, in three cases, Nebuchadnezzar Babel chooses a puppet. They are all, three of them are the sons of Yoshiahu. One is a grandson. And what they have in common is they also rebel against their puppeteer, as it were, and try to carve out their own independence. So, they are after Yoshiyahu, his son, not necessarily chronologically in order because they choose a son that's either third or fourth, Yehoyachaz. Yehoyachaz rules for three months and he dies in Egypt as an exiled prisoner. After the rebellion, Paro comes, as we're going to see, and takes him to Egypt. After Yehoyachaz is his son, Yehoyakim. He rules for 11 years, is a total puppet of Nebuchadnezzar, and again rebels, and as we're going to see, is captured, is taken by Nebuchadnezzar to be taken back to Babel, and on the way dies a terrible, horrible death. After Yehoyachaz, I'm sorry, after Yehoyakim, comes his grandson, uh, rather his son, it would be Yehoyachim, I'm going to say there's a Yehoyakim, there's a Yehoyachim. He rules for three months. Again, a puppet of the Nebuchadnezzar, rebels, taken into Golis, and lives out in exile in Bavel. Finally, there's Sidkiyahu, again, a puppet of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, who we will see the judgment of history is a little kinder. We will see that in the subsequent parrot. So those are the four last Davidic kings, Yehoyachaz, Yehoyakim, Yehoyachin, and Sidkiyahu. So we begin with Chavdalet Pasek Ahav, Biyomov Allah Nebuchadnezzar Melech Bavel, Vayihilo Yehoyakim, Oved Sholoshonim, Vayashov Vayimrod Bo. So now we are first introduced to Nebuchadnezzar. <coughs> Who was he? The Mephoshim are all over the place. Some say he is the son 
of Nimrod or descendant of Nimrod. Some say he is the grandson of Samcheriv. Some say he is the grandson of Hiram Melech Tsar. Uh, but in any case, he has consolidated his power where he is the ruler of Bavel. And so he comes now by uh, one of three times where we're going to see he comes to Yerushalayim. Some differ on the amount. And he comes to Yerushalayim by Hilo Yochim Eved Sholoshonim by Yosheva Yimrobo. He appoints Yochim, the son of Yochaz, who will rule for three years. And um, uh, sorry, he's going to rule for 11 years. He rebels against Nebuchadnezzar. What Nebuchadnezzar does, and this is interesting, he doesn't take or send his own army of Babylonians. He recruits a coalition group consisting of the worst enemies that B'nai Israel have, only too happy to do his bidding. The Chaldeans, he sends as Gedudei Aram, the Arameans, Gedudei Moab, the Moabites, Gedudei Bnei Ammon, the Ammonites, all sworn enemies. He sends them to Judea to suppress the rebellion. Kidvar Hashem, according to the word of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Asher Diber Biyad Avadav Hanaviim, just as. Uh, it was predicted by the Nevi'im the eventual destruction of Yerushalayim. Because as we know, the prophecy had gone out on Yehuda, to remove it from God's presence, for the sins of Menashe, that evil king who did everything evil, v'gam dam hanaki asher shafach, and also, not only Menashe's sins, and of course not only the sins, they don't even mean just of Menashe, they mean of the Avodah Zorah that seems embedded in the DNA of B'nai Yisrael, back to the days of the Shoftim. And Menashe, of course, exacerbated and accelerated and took it to a degree that it was never done before, but also do not ignore the dumb naki, the blood that he spilled in Yerushalayim. Kaddish Baruch could not forgive that. And so... So let me ask you a question. When we say, when we, when the, when we suggest that, that Hashem is angry or can't forgive, that's just a human, that's, that's just our understanding, right? Because Hashem isn't angry. Or it doesn't have those emotions, right? It's just a, it's, it's what it's a, yeah. I'm not so sure. He does. But you lead into a very important question. There is one Avera that he will not or cannot forgive. And that is Shri Chasdamim. That is murder, which is brought here. And it says, below of Hashem Lesloach. We see in the Rambam, Hilchos Ratzeach, in Perik Dalit, and then again in Perik Aleph and Perik Dalit. The Rambam says there is no sin worse than Shri Chasdamim. 
it tears apart, and this is, it literally tears apart a fabric of society. Yes, you have Gilu Arroyos, you have Aroda Zorro, which they certainly had in, in a strong, full measure. But those, Aroda Zorro and Gilu Arroyos, are being Adam Mamakam. They're between you and the Kaddish Baruch Hu. The Kaddish Baruch Hu can forgive that. Bain Adam Lechavero is what murder is. Well, but, but what are you, how do you explain then, like, the children and grandchildren of Ahaz go and kill all of them? Isn't that murder? They didn't do anything. When, who, you mean Ahaz? Of course, no. That's why it falls. It's those murders. It's Menashe's murder. Um, but Ahaz, oh, she, was, was, that, that they were ordered to murder his children, right? Everyone associated with him. That no. Was, Ahaz does it on his own. And then remember Tayahu, that woman, the, the wife does it. Uh, maybe I'm forgetting which king, but did, there was one king wiped out everybody. And, and then the, the following king wiped, killed which everybody. I, that, yeah, they do it, but I think it's on and their that own. That was what Hashem had wanted. So yeah, I'm not so sure. But in any event, according to your point, the, the Rambam brings the point of Ahav. Ahav was one of the most evil kings in history. And the Gemara says he was equally balanced between his sins and between his mitzvot. What destroys it? Novot, that killing of Novot to take his vineyard. That puts him over the edge. So as the Rambam says, and what the Pasuk seems to indicate here, Shrikas Yomim is beyond the other Averos. It's beyond Gilu Arroyos. It's beyond... Um, Avodah Zorah. So, the Yesed Devar Yehoyakim, Asher Asah Halohim Ksuvim Al-Sefer Divrei Hayamim, Lamacha Yehuda, they are written in Divrei Hayamim, Lamacha Yehuda, but as we've said, we unfortunately do not have that Sefer uh, existing. Vayishkav Yehoyakim Mivavoso, Yehoyakim dies, Vayimloch Yehoyakim Beno Tachtov, and his son Yehoyakim dies uh, dies, ascends the throne following him. Vayishkav Yehoyakim is not correct in Avoso because the Mephorshim tell us Nebuchadnezzar comes to get him or those coalition armies of Chaldeans, Moabites, Ammonites take him and he dies a horrible, terrible death on the way back to Bavel under these people, he is tortured, he is dismembered, his body parts are left on the road without being gory. He dies fulfilling the prophecy of Yermio that says you will die like a chamor. He is left there just abandoned, etc. So maybe they do recover the remains and bury it, but he certainly doesn't die uh, <clears throat> the normal death of old age. So when Yishkav Yehoyachim, now Yehoyachim takes place again. Uh, a, <clears throat> a, a, an appointee of Nebuchadnezzar who is expected to you to the party line of Nebuchadnezzar. At this point, Egypt, under Paro Necho, has become a non-power because of Yoshiyahu, his death, even though his death was done by at his own doing where he went into battle that he didn't have to go, they are punished Mitzrayim. And so they lose the war 
And Bovel is now the preeminent power. And as the Pesach says, Pesach Vav, V'lo hosif od melech mitzrayim lo tzeisme artso ki lakach melech Bovel minachal mitzrayim ad nahar pras kol asher hosala melech mitzrayim. He takes over everything to Bukhadnezzar. And as it says, the king of Egypt doesn't leave his borders again. We don't hear from him. Ben Shmon Esrei Shana Yehoyachin b'mocho. He was 18, Yehoyachin. <coughs> he rules for three months in Yerushalayim. That was his mother. He is no better than his predecessors. Everything his father did. And now he rebels against Nebuchadnezzar. But Esahi Olu Avde Nebuchadnezzar Melech Bavel Yerushalayim. So then Nebuchadnezzar comes back, probably a second time. And he comes back, he besieges Yerushalayim. Now, Vayavo Nebuchadnezzar, which could mean he comes after his troops, or it could mean he leads the siege personally. Vayavo Nebuchadnezzar, Melech Bavel, Al-Ha'ir, Vavadav, Tzorim, Aleha, they put it under a siege. So now Yehoyachin, seeing, as it were, the handwriting on the wall, Vayetze Yehoyachin, Melech Yehuda, Al-Melech Bavel, he goes out. On his own to greet him, who the Imo, his mother, Avadov, his servants, Sarov, his officers, Vasari So, Vayikachosomelech Bavel Bishnas Shmona Lamolcho. In the eighth year of his reign, he is taken captive by the king of Bavel. Hashem. At the same time, the Buchadnezzar totally loots the um, Treasuries of the temple, the Otsros Beis Hamelach, the king's personal treasury, the Yekatsesis Kolkli Hazahav, he takes apart or removes the gold plating from all the utensils of gold in the Beis Hamikdash, Asher Osa Shlomo Melech Yisrael, the Hechal Hashem, Kasher Jiber Hashem. He does it as the Kaddish Bar who predicts. It would happen that time Yoshio shows the visiting delegation. The prophet comes to him and said, eventually they will come, these people from Bavel, and loot the entire Beis Hamikdash. And this is a fulfillment. The Higla is called Yerushalayim, the Eskohasarim. Now in the Bukhadnezzar, it says takes Kol Yerushalayim, but it's not quite that at all. The Eskohasarim, the officers, Veskol Giburei Hachayel, the warriors, Aseris Alafim, 10,000 people. There is dispute among the numbers. Some say it is 10,000, some say it's seven, some say it's three, some say it's all of them making a total of 20. But it's a very select, as we're going to see, Golas. The whole ha-choresh v'hamasker, a very colorful term, meaning choresh, the um, artisans and the locksmiths, lo nishar zulas dalas am the dal am is left. In other words, he takes Nebuchadnezzar, as we're going to see, the creme de la creme of existing in Yerushalayim. Choresh, it means like, as we said, artisans, the other means locksmiths. It's a, a metaphor. Choresh, of course, means a deaf person. Choresh means that what they took with them was the Gedolei Hador, the Rabbanim, the Tamidei Chachamim. 
The reason it's called Choresh is because after these people, they were on such a level, Paskin something, or gave Halacha, or Shir, there was nothing you could say. You were silent because it was so definitive and so thorough. The Hamasker, the locksmiths, that when they ruled on Halacha, when they decided a decision, it was like locked. There's nothing more to discuss. So brilliant were they. Those are taken to Golas. And instead, the Dalas Amharis, for want of a better term, the, the Hamoneam is left there. The obvious reason is because you don't want to leave the ruling class, the political class, the military class behind you to foment more rebellion. At the same time, the Mephoshim says this is an immense bracha to B'nai Israel because it takes with them the Tamidei Chachamim that are going to do the advance work in building the yeshivos and the Batei Midrashos and the infrastructure of Jewish education is probably one of the greatest in our history. It's similar to when Yaakov goes down to Mitzrayim to reunite with Yosef. He sends Yehuda first to Goshen to set up a system of Batei Midrashos. It's what we'll see in the second base Hamikdash when Yochanan ben Zakkai goes out and asks for Yavne from the Emperor Vespasian to set it up for the Sanhedrin, to set it up for the yeshivas. It's something that apparently is done before and it's done to great success and it's considered a bracha. Vayigelas Yehoyachin Babela, Yehoyachin for his rebellion goes off to Babel, Ves Aim HaMelech, Ves Neshei HaMelech, Ves Sarisei, Ves Elei HaAretz, Holech Golem Yushalayim Babela, they go to Babel, he will live out the rest of his life as an exiled prisoner in Babel. Ves Kolan Sheyachayel Shiras Alofin, there were 7,000 in that group of ten or separate from the Gemrahamaskar as they're called. These were the the creme de la creme of Jerusalem. Uh, they are exiled. He is the grandson of Yoshio. He is not, um, I am sorry, he is a son of Yoshio, they go back to a son. It was a son, a son, grandson, and now a son again. He calls him, he makes him the name of Sikiyahu. We have learned that that is the ultimate insult to a person that he doesn't even control his own name anymore. Nebuchadnezzar names him Sikiyahu, and we're going to see that Sikiyahu may as yet be a bright spot despite the Nesposov. He is 21. He rules for 11 years. That is his mother's name. Now it says by Yas Harab Hashem He does what Yoyakim did. This is not as we're going to see necessarily the case. Because the anger, as we've seen in the Kaddish Baruch, is on Yerushalayim, will be Yehuda, Ad Hishlicho or some, until he cast them out from his presence, Vayimrod Sikiyo B'Melech Bavel. And Sikiyo, again, a puppet, follows the pattern of the last three and rebels. And so we're going to see Sikiyo, the last 
successor in Malchus Beis David, that is until the Mashiach will rule tomorrow and we begin the ultimate destruction of Yushalayim and Bayis Rishon, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, Adkan.